You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Since the last week of 2023 and coming into 2024, we've heard news around the conflict in Yemen seemingly starting and then escalating. And that conflict has resulted in a couple of different scenarios playing out. Uh, company, shipping companies around the world are now uh, quite afraid to, uh, or some of them at least, are afraid to have their cargo sent through the Suez Canal that crosses through Egypt. And as a result, have to incur at least an additional 5,000 kilometers in additional transport. And that's having a detrimental effect on supply chain around the world. Uh, Someone that keeps a close eye on how this affects international movements and how it affects South Africa in terms of imports and exports is the uh, International Trade Administration Commission. And I'm joined on the line by the commission's commissioner, uh, Ayabonga Tawe, to take a look at the uh, latest developments out of Yemen and how they're affecting uh, the state of global trade. Good evening, uh, Commissioner Tawe. Always a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, Compliments of the new I don't think we've spoken this year, uh, but let's start with the uh, state of the conflict. Uh, what do we know about escalations? What's what seems to still be concerning uh, around that Yemen conflict that is having markets and having international trade ask uh, deeper questions? Mm. Well, good evening to you, Jimmy, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Indeed, compliments of the year, and I certainly hope this will be a good year uh, for you and the Money Web faithful. Um, indeed, I think you're correct that uh, we ended off the uh, tail end of 2023 um, and went into 2024 with um, certainly a mood of war um, in the Middle East and in uh, some of the parts in the Horn of Africa uh, that um, are around the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. Um, and to your point, I think what is happening in Yemen is certainly an extension of many of the conflicts that are occurring in that part of the world. Uh, be it the uh, conflict that involves Hamas and the state of Israel, uh, right through to the conflict in Sudan, uh, not too far from the port of Sudan, which is on the Red Sea. So it it does seem, Jimmy, and I think this is the point um, of the observation, uh, that all of these conflicts are giving rise to particular disruptions as but one part of these conflicts, which have taken life and limb of many. Uh, Elements trade front, they are disrupting many of the Asia-Europe trade that is reliant on uh, the Suez Canal, the Red Sea, and the Gulf of Aden to link uh, Europe and Asia. Um, And certainly my observation is that that might give rise not only to supply chain challenges, but um, as an outcome of that, into uh, increases in the price of many of the subcomponents that would be traded and ultimately sold to markets like South Africa. Um, And so the point really is to say there are some supply chain challenges that we're dealing with, certainly not as bad as what we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but that might be affected by the longer than expected lead times and shipping costs associated with the disruptions in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. Aya, from your observations, how are uh, companies, particularly uh, supply suppliers or um, shipping companies, adjusting or adapting to these disruptions? Are we seeing mm. that they are willing to absorb some of the uh, disruption costs, or are we seeing that this is definitely going to be something that's filtered into the supply chain? Mm. Well, well, I think there are two developments to observe, even though it might be a bit early to to see whether or not they will shoulder some of these costs. I think the first is the communication from the shipping companies themselves. If one considers the likes of MSC, Maersk, Hapak Lloyd, and many others uh, who would use the Suez Canal to uh, ship more than 12% of global shipping trade across the world, um, one gets a sense that 
uh, there's been an intentional decision, informed, of course, by some of the security notices that have come out, uh, to divert all of that cargo via the Cape of Good Hope. Um, and as I say in the article, that uh, adds a considerable amount of time and costs. Uh, to what degree those costs uh, will be passed on uh, to the ultimate clients, I think, is something that we'll probably like, in all likelihood observe, and I do think that that is highly likely. Um, and of course, if I, as a manufacturer of a certain product who's trying to sell it, in all likelihood, where I can, I'm going to pass that on to the consumer. Um, and I think that this is something that we probably want to monitor over the next 12, say, to 18 months or so. Uh, but it's highly likely that these supply chain uh, challenges, especially in product categories where subcomponents are shipped between Asia and Europe and back, uh, you're likely to see some uh, price impacts, uh, both in the short to medium term. Aya, let's uh, touch on that uh, Cape of Good Hope angle and, and what's happening there. I mean, with with the importance of uh, these goods needing to get to where they need to get to, companies, as you rightly mentioned, have taken on longer routes than necessary. And that, while might while it might be a negative for them, could be a positive for a region like South Africa or regions like Mozambique that have opened up their ports to say, mm. we will be that alternative in this time. How strategic does that become? Well, well, I think if, um, you know, the war persists, uh, which one certainly hopes that it doesn't, or all of the conflicts that might risk the movement of vessels in that part of the world continue. Um, in all likelihood, the benefit might accrue, as you correctly say, to South Africa and Mozambique, where some of these vessels will have to, um, you know, berth or, or come to refuel, get some stores um, and replenish some of their crews and so on. Um, and I think that's where the opportunity might be. Um, and it's quite interesting, the response from Transnet on this question to say, as part of their own a turnaround plans um, to ensure much greater availability of equipment and even berths and so on at the ports, um, that they certainly would stand ready to assist those who need to bunker, to refuel and so on, and many of those who might need the replenishing of some uh, stores uh, on, on some of these vessels. And that presents its own opportunity. Um, but in a way, um, it's certainly an opportunity that we'll only be able uh, to uh, realize insofar as some of the measures to recover capacity at our ports are ultimately successful, and we certainly hope to see that. Aya, mm. in terms of South Africa's own uh, import picture, I mean, if we are, uh, of course, going to see an increased uh, traffic volume, uh, the goods that we import, from a from mm. a policy perspective and a legislative perspective, are we uh, positioned well enough to be able to take advantage of the fact that the goods now don't go Europe, then South Africa, some of them come South Africa and then Europe, and we might be able to reduce our own import costs as a country. Mm. Well, that, that would be determined, Jimmy, as you would know, on a case-by-case basis. Mm. Um, and that's why I was making the point that um, there would certainly be some products whose exposure at a subcomponent level is to the Asia-Europe trade. Um, I, I mean, I was speaking to uh, a manufacturer of uh, you know, LED lights a few months ago, and they were saying that the conflict in the Middle East has started to be seen in the prices of some of their key inputs, that they, while they're sourcing it from China, have certain subcomponents that are coming from Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, would be reliant on that, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, supply chain that uses uh, that part of the world in order to get their goods between Asia and Europe. Um, so, so that might be seen there in cases where there is domestic capability or, or we can uh, invest in some domestic capability, then yes, the opportunity might arise. 
But as I indicate, I think, in the piece, the opportunity and the time horizon of it will be determined by to what degree mediation, dialogue, uh, and even ceasefire attempts in the Middle East are successful or not. Um, and I think, ideally, the priority at this stage should be uh, to really, I guess, uh, uh, prevent uh, and even limit the loss of life that we've seen and some of the, uh, I guess, uh, uh, displacement and damage that has resulted from all of the conflicts that we see in that part of the world. Mm, obviously, the... Um Preservation of life stands above the preservation of trade. And to your point on the uh, imports that could work just the same way for exports, there could be an advantage for South Africa to export Mm. some of its products to Europe, uh, given that the uh, ships would be coming around this way already. So that's a strategic advantage we could potentially see come out of it in future. Uh, Aya, uh, your thoughts on the conflict or, or the resolution of the conflict let's let's uh, be optimistic about it and look forward to uh, conflicts being resolved and uh, people going back to some sort of normalcy is that likely to be uh, something that will take longer to implement uh, i mean we saw coming out of covid that the return of supply chains did take quite a bit of time to filter into uh, the, the various uh, ecosystems is that something that with conflicts like what's happening at the moment, we can expect that the return to normalcy or a new normalcy uh, for that matter mm. might arise? Well, well, I think, you know, Jimmy, the, the fundamental principle and, and um, South Africa has correctly taken a position that uh, we certainly hope to see the de-escalation um, of the conflicts in that part of the world, the Middle East and the Horn of Africa, um, and the resolution of some of these conflicts through dialogue, be it the you know, issues that are unfolding between the two um, generals, uh, uh, the Rapid Support Force and uh, the Sudanese army in Sudan, uh, right through to the issues that involve the Israeli government and and Hamas, um, and even many of the other conflicts that are in that part of the world. Um, Not only because they affect trade, Jimmy, but because, you know, there is a fundamental requirement for any prosperity and economic advance for there to be some peace, stability and predictability. Um, and one certainly hopes that that a mood of predictability and much greater certainty to enable the conditions of investment will return to that part of the world. Um, I think South Africa has a role to play um, in achieving that outcome. Um, but more importantly, South Africa does also, in the interests of the global economy, have a role to play in being able to uh, assist in ensuring that there are alternatives uh, to some of the logistics routes that would have gotten products from one place to another. Where there is chaos, there is often opportunity, but we also do need to be cognizant of the sound uh, rationale and the need to resolve this conflict. Thanks so much uh, for that, Aya. That was Aya Bongatawe, who is the uh, the commissioner at the International Trade and Administration Commission uh, in South Africa, taking a look at the impact that the conflict in Yemen and other Middle Eastern regions is having on supply chain at the moment, and the fact that we expect that this could continue for the bulk of 2024. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.